reading tonight from Colossians. We'll start with Colossians chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. Colossians 1, 16. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in, and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. The Apostle Paul, writing to the church in Colossae, was emphasizing the fact that our God is the creator. He took them to the uh, source, uh, the very beginning of the source of everything uh, about God. Go, go back to those years when God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit created all things. Everything. He made it all. He had a construction program uh, going from the very beginning of time, which that was his uh, in creation as well, and put things all together miraculously. Now, if you can remember, I don't, I don't know what they teach in school nowadays, but if being in, in school, probably elementary school, there was a little conflict as to what we heard in church, as I recall, but that's a while ago, between creation and evolution. There was like, if this is true and that is true, something's not true. Did you ever put that together when you were a kid? Some are still kids here. And it was, it was complicated. It's like, how is it possible that this is, is happening, what we're hearing about? Everything kind of evolved, and now they're talking about millions and millions of years and, and all of that. I think that's just an excuse for they really don't know, you know. <laughs> what, what do kids say, you know, if, if, uh, if they want to get out of something that they did? Well, I don't know. I don't know how that happened. It must have been Fred down the street did that. I don't know who did that, but uh, but we're guilty, and uh, we just wanted to get out of that. But sometimes they dismiss everything so quickly, and, and then the gospel. We're thankful we have a, a source book. We have the Bible. We can go for references, and we can put together some of the pieces of the puzzle, and it may take years, really, to decipher what we found here in the Word of God, but we know it's true. It's very important that we have a conviction, a personal conviction, that we are 100% convinced that the Bible is true and that creation is creation and that our God was the Creator. I think you'll understand where we're headed here in, in just a couple of minutes. All things... It's good to know that, though, that all things were created by him. That, that just eliminates all the questions, all the, the doubts that you might have. If we could just, just go back to the fact that all things were created by him. In, in some of the, the testimonies tonight, there's a reference that, that God is able. God was on the scene 
today in the present time to meet personal needs. He's not only creator of, of things, uh, of an earth and, and, and all that went with that in six days and, and the very first man and, and the first woman. That's pretty incredible. I, I wrote down a note to myself that said miracle of creation and I thought, it's way more than a miracle. I, you can use the word miracle, but it's so incredible what God did and continues to do. Did you wake up this morning and think, you know, I, I, I hope that the earth just keeps turning in its proper orbit and the moon stays where it's supposed to stay and comes out occasionally and, and, and the seasons will, will go as they go and, and, and so forth. We don't even worry about that because that's in God's hands and he'll take care of, uh, of the sun and the moon and the stars. He created all of that. You see, if, if I have confidence in the fact that my God, the creator, can handle all of that, he can handle everything right now to the current events of my life and the current events of the world. So I don't really have to worry about it. I can call upon the Lord and say, God help Portland, please. We need your help. But I know that God hears that. And that, and when he comes to our rescue, we say, thank you, Lord. Oftentimes, we will pray and reference, and I, I do, do it myself, in particular probably in, in public prayer, we'll refer to Heavenly Father. Well, we probably don't say Heavenly Father and Creator of heaven and earth, but we, we mean that in that, that, that prayer where we're indicating the fact that we're going to our Heavenly Father who created all things and did all things well, and we're depending on Him. But the one thing that's important about, and one thing in my mind, about recognizing the Creator is that it helps us to, to build our faith. Our faith in God. If I, if I put my, I have to have confidence that God is who He is, and that he, he takes care of these things, and he's been doing it from the beginning of time. So I don't have to, to worry about it. Uh, the apostle also mentioned in Ephesians to the church at Ephesus, something almost the same thing as he mentioned here in uh, Colossians. In the third chapter, verse 9, he says, And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, and then he just says it, who created all things by Jesus Christ. You know, it's so easy to skip over some of those verses because sometimes we're reading whole chapters or parts parts of chapters, and, and we we miss some of the particular words, for instance, where he said, Who created all things? It's it's good idea sometimes to distract ourselves in a sense that we focus on something in particular. It, it's easier to remember over a period of time if we maybe pick and choose, so to speak, and, and study that particular subject rather than a whole large area. We look at the, the individual subject of creation and the fact that God created all things by Jesus Christ. It's done. It's a confidence builder. We don't need to uh, help him do anything else because he, he didn't ask us for our help a little over 6,000 years ago. Did he ask you? I mean, neither. He didn't, he didn't, not that old. 
the other night, Brother Ed began reading from the text in Jeremiah. And at the time, I, I, didn't, I, I might have seen it, but I saw it afterward. I thought, it's, it's just, this is the Bible. It's amazing how the, the, you can you know, read the Bible and then somebody else uses the text in the Bible uh, and, and a reference point. And it complements the rest of the Bible. The very first verse he read was, Ah, Lord God. This is from Jeremiah thirty-two seventeen. Ah, Lord God. Behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm and there is nothing too hard for thee. We can put confidence in words like that. That God stretched out his arm. Think about it. My arm is kind of weak, but God's arm is powerful. Put the earth in proper order. Bring the sun online. I guess what they'd say nowadays, right? God put the sun online and turned it on, turned on the sun and, the, and put the moon for the evening uh, and the sun and the moon and the coordination. Can you imagine what amount of engineering is involved in coordinating all of that? I don't think there's an engineering school in the country could teach you how to put an earth and a moon and the sun and all the stars and all the universe together, I'm sure they would steer way clear of that subject because they, they couldn't do a thing about it. But God could. His stretched out arm, very big arm it would seem, to reach out and to put it all together for His glory and for our benefit. We have years that were designed by God that they unfold over a period of time, depending on the part of the world where you live, where they have seasons of, of, the, of the year. We have seasons here. If you've ever lived in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, every day is exactly the same as the day before. It's kind of nice, actually. And you can expect certain things to happen every day because it's the same, but you're closer to the equator, and evidently that's the way God designed it. But if you live in Minnesota, you can anticipate it's time to bring out the snow shovel or the snow blower, if you are so fortunate to have a snow blower. And because that's a different season up there in the wintertime. This summer, we've heard of the reports of the extreme heat in the south. Arizona has had a tremendous amount of heat. I think even in parts of Texas as well. It's been really, really hot down there. But the thing is, it will eventually change, and then it will be cool, and then it will rain maybe. And same thing here. We'll probably get some rain sometime. I think we will. It's kind of a habit sort of thing. When God gets into a habit, he just is very consistent. He knows uh, uh, that we'll probably need some rain. Today I was making comment of the fact over in the building project on the campgrounds how dusty it is under those cabins that they move to just, just it's like a, it's very dusty dirt. And uh, they, I think they fixed that today, didn't they? And dumped a bunch of gravel on it. That solves that for now. But the thing of it is, God 
understands those things. We don't even understand why that's the case. But he totally gets it. He totally gets it. Depend on him. I guess the emphasis tonight is take what you know, you know about God as creator, and apply it to your, your life on a personal basis. And you'll find that there's a whole lot of places in, in study that you can find things that are interesting to you. And you can, you can dig into those subjects. If, if, if your thing is, is earth science, you can study and study and study forever in a subject like that. Or engineering. That's a good subject, isn't it? We like engineering. Or I, I should say I like engineering. And, and, and architecture. Ah, but I found someone in the Bible. I found someone in the Bible. It's just a little thing I found. It's, and I, I, I titled it. I think I did. An engineer created by God. Okay? How's that sound? Have you considered the engineering that goes into a spider web? I'm looking at somebody over there. You've not considered that, have you? The engineering that goes into a spider web? Sometimes we see those spider webs. If you go out on the campground sometimes. I saw one lately and I thought, I'm not going to touch it. I'm not going to touch it because I don't want to ruin it now. I had read something about this already. I thought, that's, that's pretty cool. Okay, uh, there's more to this than, than we're going to retain because I've read this over and over. The spider's silk is manufactured in its spinnerets, which are located at the tip of its abdomen. There are usually three pair of spinnerets, each being a tiny cone-shaped device with a great number of spigots, sometimes over a thousand, which dispense the liquid silk. The liquid silk comes from seven glands, which specialize in a certain kind of silk thread from the gland, a tiny pumping system. Can you imagine a tiny pumping system in a spider? I mean, if a spider's on your hand, you can't hardly feel it except those tiny little fingers that touch because it doesn't weigh hardly anything. There's different sized spiders. We're talking about tiny little spider. Tiny pumping system transports the liquid silk to the spigots. The glands and spigots cause the silk thread to vary in thickness, stickness, and stretchiness. Are spiders created by an awesome God? They are. What engineering, what architecture involved in building a spider web? Do you know that, that and there's more to that article? that those spiders actually have certain types of thread that they, 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 they put out there when they're manufacturing their web. Some of those, those lines that they put are, are not sticky. And some of them are sticky. The reason the ones that are not sticky is so that the spider, the spider can walk on the not sticky parts to get out there and continue to build the rest of his web or her web, whatever it is. And, and they build this web so that it's so unique. And, and once they finally have this web all in place, and you've seen them, they're just pretty fascinating. Sometimes you'll see pictures of, of spider webs that have, have, are in the dew of the morning, and, and the photographers will get out there in time to get some pretty awesome pictures of a spider. It's, it's, you can look at it. It's been designed by the greatest designer of all time, the creator 
of heaven and earth. He even designed spiders and gave them a remote sensing system that he could connect to and help them do the designs of incredible webs. I'm not sure how that all works, but it works pretty incredibly. That's only one little subject. Now, if you want to study spiders, I think you'd probably be fascinated to find out all the in intricate details of what God did to invent a spider. I would be curious to know if you would take a subject like that to your, your school, your engineering class, and say, okay, kids, today this is what we're going to do. We're going to design something like a spider, but there's one rule you've got to stick with. It can't weigh more than like 0 0.00 of an ounce, or whatever, 0.003 of an ounce. Very, very tiny, right? And within it, it has to have all these properties. You can't do it. I don't believe you can do it. But God can do it. Remember the bumblebee story? They said it was engineered. It wouldn't fly. And yet it flies. Amazing, isn't it? Ever watch a, a, one of these birds that fly around here? They're so fast. And, and they go to the bird feeders. And they, they go there. And they're so quick. They're faster than, than a, a helicopter, but they fly like a helicopter, sort of. God did that. You see, the idea is, if I can put my confidence in a creator like that, then I can dismiss my hesitancies, if you will, that would cause me to think I can't do it. But you know what? I found somebody in the Bible just like us. His name is Moses. And in Exodus chapter 4, verse 1, it said, And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. Moses thought he was too important there, evidently. Verse 10 says, And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. Pretty bad, huh? Moses was in a bad way. If you go on and read what, what the Lord took issues with Moses, didn't he? He took an issue with Moses' inadequacies. And he couldn't speak well. He wasn't a man of words. But God was a man of words. And God could direct Moses and pull him out of this situation. And, uh, and remember, if you remember, I, I've always been interested in that fact that uh, he, he made a little bit of a compromise with Moses. He says, all right, you're going to be in charge, but Aaron will speak for you. How about that? You see, even, even God at times, when, when we're feeling a little bit inadequate or whatever God calls us to do, okay, we feel so unable to do it, God says, all right, all right, all right. I won't push you too hard. But this, you're going to do this part anyway, okay? Just settle it. I'm old enough now to know that, you know, wish we'd have started sooner in the gospel. To realize it's better to just say yes when God calls. Say yes right away. Don't, don't hesitate. Don't wait till you grow up and get old. Or, or, or become 15 years old or something. Don't, don't wait that long. Just say yes and do it now because your creator 
knows all about you. He created the first man. And the first man is a lot like you and me. And he understands what the structure of people are and our brain structure and what we are capable of and what we're not capable of. It's amazing how he will place us in places where we fit. We may not think we fit, but he puts us in places where we fit. He, he, he's a great God. He's the creator. He knows all about you. He knows every one of us that are here tonight. He knows our needs and our concerns and our concern for our loved ones and our concern for our friends and our concern for all those not eloquent people. They can do it. You can do it. God is able. God is able. And he can do it tonight. I don't know if there's enough time for him to do it tonight. But if he can create the heaven and the earth and all that in six days, there's probably enough time tonight. We're going to stand and sing a song, number 16, and we're going to think about our Creator a little bit more.